This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. The promise fulfilled. God made a promise to man that he would send deliverance because of our fallen, sinful, judged state. But that promise really was made up of 300 promises. As you study through the Old Testament, you see prophecy after prophecy. You get into the New Testament, and by the way, it is important to understand our Bible is two testaments. What does the word testament mean? It means covenant. It means promise. So all that was predicted in the Old Testament related to Christ's first coming fulfilled, just as God had said. And the New Testament is the explanation of the Old Testament, the new promise, looking back on those old promises. And of course, with that kind of a record, we have to ask the question, who wouldn't believe? But many don't. Many don't. I'm so thankful that God keeps His promises. And that great promise that He would send a deliverer to save His people from their sin. The music you've heard, the dramatization, the words that have been spoken have caused us to consider God's predictions in the Old Testament about Jesus Messiah, His first coming. Most of those promises were made, though, to groups of people, uh, the nation of Israel. And yet, we were reminded at the beginning of the reading that back in Genesis, Brother Chris shared those words, and if you have your program, you'll see right on the front cover or inside that front leaf, beginning in Genesis, God promised a Messiah who would save His people from their sins. Let's consider those first two promises. Let's consider the parallels of those promises. The first promise in Genesis 3.15 was made to a sinning man and woman, husband and wife, who had just defied God and eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had been tempted by God's archenemy, Satan, who took the form of, inhabited, a snake. No wonder people don't like snakes. But it was made to this couple. And the promise was this that from the seed of a woman, now the seed usually comes through the man, but a virgin birth is predicted through the seed of the woman, God would send a deliverer who would crush the head of the serpent. And so a promise made to a couple who had just sinned, but God predicted a miracle birth. The result, the enemy Satan would be crushed. The next promise of salvation was made by God to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Listen to what verses 1 to 3 say. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, 
And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Oh, America, we better take note what we're saying about Israel. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What a promise. Now, this promise was made to a barren couple, a man and a woman, and it also predicted a miracle birth. Why? Because Sarah, the woman, was way beyond childbearing years. And what would be the result? The world would have a Savior. So again, the first promise to a couple who had sinned, promising that the enemy would be crushed. The next promise, saying that through a couple who could not have children, that God would provide a miracle birth, a son would be given, and through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the nation of Israel, all nations of the earth would be blessed. So from Abraham would come a great nation that would be a blessing to the earth. Not only would he have offspring, but he would have offspring that would bless the earth. Now, first God would give Abraham land. Twice in Genesis 12, that passage we looked at, God promised Abraham land, the land of Canaan. See, there had to be a setting where God's plan would unfold. Going all the way back to Abraham, God promised that land. Now, there's a lot of debate today about whose land that is, but if you believe your Bible, that, belo that land belongs to Israel. It needed to belong to Israel because through Israel, God intended to bless the earth. But an unbelieving earth doesn't see any of this. I hope you see it. So he promised land, and then he promised seed. Now what's interesting is in Genesis 12 and verse 7, it says, The Lord appeared unto Abraham, this is yet again, and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. Now that word seed in the Hebrew is singular. In other words, Abraham would have seed. In fact, God told him, Your descendants will be as the stars of the heaven, the sands on the seashore. But out of all that, there's coming a seed, and it's through that seed, I will bless the earth. Now think about this. To whom was the promise made? Made to Abraham and Sarah, whose seed was the promise made to? Again, Abraham and Sarah. Now we know that Abraham became impatient with the Lord. you remember that? In fact, Sarah became impatient with the Lord. He's promised a son. We don't have a son. And so Sarah said, why don't you take my servant Hagar, an Egyptian, and have a son by her? That wasn't God's plan. Now, we know the descendants of Abraham and Hagar are the Ishmaelites, the Arabs today, who want that land. But listen, the promise was not made to Abraham and Hagar. It was made to Abraham and Sarah. You remember, perhaps, the story, the account, where God uses the tension that that created in Abraham's household for 
Hagar and Ishmael to leave. Now, God promised out of Ishmael there would be a great nation, great nations. But God's plan for blessing the whole earth was not through Hagar and Ishmael. It was through the seed that God would send through Abraham and Sarah. It was through Abraham and his descendants that the promised seed, the seed of the woman, would be born, who was none other than Jesus of Nazareth, born in Bethlehem, of the tribe of Judah, a descendant of King David. With the word seed in mind from Genesis 12, listen to how the Apostle Paul then, I'm going from that Old Testament now to the New Testament. In the book of Galatians, Paul writes a letter under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 3.16, he says this, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. But listen carefully. He saith not, and to seeds, as to many. All right? In fact, it wasn't Hagar and Ishmael. After Sarah's death, Abraham will remarry. He'll have more children. But it was through Abraham and Sarah, and not even to all of these offspring, but it was through one seed. So he saith not into seeds as to many, but as to one, and to thy seed, listen to what he said, which is Christ, which is Messiah. Now only God could orchestrate this. Only God could follow that or, or make that line all the way through. Matthew's genealogy tells us that Jesus was from Abraham through David. Luke's genealogy tells us that Mary was going back all the way through David to Abraham. So both were descendants of Abraham and David. Remarkable. John MacArthur states the meaning as clearly as anyone that I've heard related to this passage in Galatians chapter 3. He says this, Genesis 12 is saying that through the loins of Abraham would come a great nation. From that nation would come great blessing to the world. In that nation there would be a seed, a seed that is none other than Christ, through whom all other promises are fulfilled. At Christmas we celebrate the birthday of a king, but he's not any ordinary king. Hundreds of promises were fulfilled by him were fulfilled at his birth. And as we heard so clearly, 33 years later, the seed of the woman who had lived a perfect life, again, virgin born, no sin nature because he didn't have a human father, he's rejected by those who had all these promises. He's rejected. And he's nailed to a Roman cross. Why? Listen, in fulfillment of prophecy. Isaiah, who predicted a child would be born, predicted that this Messiah would bear our sins in himself and through his stripes 
we would be healed. His shed blood. So the mystery is revealed. God had a plan in place when Adam and Eve sinned to deliver us. And regardless of what nation on earth you can trace your line back to. Mine happens to have a lot of German in it, okay? But regardless of that, through Him, all nations of the earth have been blessed if they'll believe God's plan, these prophecies, and that God sent forth His Son to be our Savior. It is a fact that Israel is in the land that God promised them. He promised it to Abraham, no other descendants. It is a miracle that they are there. And as much as the world hates God's people, it's not just the Jews, it's God's people. That's the reason they're hated. Yet they are there and God's plan continues to unfold. And what is the rest of that plan? Jesus is coming back. He came the first time to bless the nations, to provide salvation. He's coming back the second time to judge the nations for their sin. And so, as we think about these promises fulfilled, my question to you today is, have you received God's gift? Have you received His Son, Jesus Christ? Uh, Really, the music, what's been uttered uh, before us today, has has explained the plan so clearly, uh, coming down to ultimately John 3.16, for God so loved the world, That he gave his only begotten. What does begotten mean? One of a kind. I'm a son. I look out, see a lot of other guys. We've all been sons, but there's one of a kind son. God's son. Who came here, all God, became all man. The God man then gave his life. Mike deserved to be judged for his sin. The wages of sin is death. Before I got saved, I was literally on death row. I was a heartbeat away, an accident away from an eternity separated from God in a real place called hell. But God looked down and He loved the world. He gave His one-of-a-kind Son who fulfilled a bunch of prophecy, was born in a shepherd's cave in Bethlehem and then went to the cross And where I deserve to be judged for my sin, he stepped in and he took that judgment for me. Oh, he took that judgment for you. And he provides salvation for all. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that's you, that's me, that's anybody, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves you so much, He wants to wash away your sin and give you a home in heaven with Him forever. So when Jesus died on the cross, some of His last words were, It is finished. What needs to be done to provide salvation for this sinning race of which I have made myself a part, it's finished. It's done. And He died. Three days later, He rose again. And He's at the right hand of the Father. For those of us who have received Christ, He intercedes for us. For those of you that haven't received Christ, He's waiting to intercede for you. 
Right now, he's listening, and if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll save you. And other promises will be fulfilled. Promises like John 3.16, like Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of religions say you can't know for sure you're on your way to heaven. They're not reading their Bible when they say that. 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Not think so, hope so, wish so, no. Know so! That's what he said. And you can know it. Not based on your efforts, your work, your religious uh, works, none of that. But through his finished work, he has provided our salvation. So the promise has been fulfilled. There are still another whole body of prophecies that will be fulfilled. And I can stand here and with great conviction say to you, our world is dark and it's getting darker. The hatred of Israel ought to warn all of us. The foolishness of nations and things that are being promoted that are so in your face, God. All this points to what the Scripture has already told us. Jesus is coming back. You need to be ready. But the only way you can be ready is by receiving Christ and having Him live right here so when He comes back to take His church out of this mess, you're going to. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord, thank You for the promise fulfilled. No man could have ever orchestrated such a plan. It's perfect. It's infinite. It's powerful. And it's unfailing. And though Satan and his allies in human flesh have tried to stop the plan, it has stayed right on course. And in the fullness of time, the perfect time you had chosen, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Now, Lord, any hard heart that is unwilling to see all this truth, all this evidence and reject you, Lord, what darkness, what blindness. You came unto your own, they received you not. But as many as receive you to them, you give the power to become the sons of God, even to those that will believe on your name. And so, Father, as we close, I pray that you'll continue to work in hearts. Father, save souls here today in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. When you came in this morning, you probably did not know that we were going to offer you a priceless gift. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, God, at Christmas, wants to give you His unspeakable gift. You can't even describe how precious, valuable it is. He wants to give you the gift of His Son. But remember, it's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. Well, I'll be more religious. No, no, no. That's trying to earn something that God is not going to let you earn. He's going to only give it to you as a gift through faith. So I wonder, 
there's anyone here today, and, and honestly, as you look back, you may be able to look at a religious life. Maybe you look back at a very sinful life. But as you look back, there's never been a time when you admitted to God that you're a sinner, that you need His Son as Savior. There's never been a time when you made the decision to ask God to be your Savior. Wash away your sin and be your Savior. God offers you that gift right now. And wherever you're at, if you are not 100% sure you're on your way to heaven, if you can't give a Bible reason how you know you're on your way to heaven, you can receive Jesus Christ right now. He stands ready to save you. And I would just invite you to offer to God a simple prayer. And in that prayer, you're expressing to Him that you're a sinner and that you want to receive His great gift, the greatest gift. I can't save you. My prayers can't save you. But if you take this simple prayer, you make it your own and you direct it to God, He's ready to save you. And so right now, in simple faith, quietly, if you're not saved, if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, would you ask the Lord to save you? Just this simple prayer to Him. Say this to God. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve judgment for my sin, just like the Bible says. But I believe you sent Jesus to become a man. I believe he's God. I believe he died on the cross for my sin. Right now, please come into my life Please be my Savior. I believe your promise. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, you can put an amen on the end of that. An amen simply means that you believed what you said. Now with our heads still bowed, I believe that there are some who gave their lives to Christ today by receiving him. I believe it. But we want to rejoice with you. And we don't embarrass anyone here at Good News, but would you do this for me? If you've prayed to receive Christ, I'm not even going to point you out, but would you be willing to testify to that fact by raising your hand? I want to pray for you in a moment. Thank God for you. But just raise your hand and put it right back down. I'll see it, and you can put it right back down. Anyone? Uh, Pastor Mike, I just prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. Here's my hand. Just slip it up. Anyone at all. As I look across the auditorium, anyone at all, I just pray to receive the Lord as my Savior. Just slip it up and, and put it right back down. Now, Father, you see hearts. You've seen hands. And, Lord, I pray for those that who, have, who have just received you as Savior. Thank you for working in their hearts. And, Lord, I ask that you would allow them or help them to allow us to uh, help us to help them understand this new relationship they have with you. Lord, we want to be able to give them some literature from the Scripture that tells them of their relationship with you. And Lord, would, would you just continue the good work now that you've begun in their lives. And Father, if there's anyone here who needs to make that decision, but they're, they're resisting, or they're not ready to believe, at least that's what their flesh is telling them, God, would you break through to those hearts 
and help them realize now's the accepted time. Now's the day of salvation. The biggest gamble in all the world is waiting to be saved. So help them to come to you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.